hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about looking on the bright side. Just some characteristics that scripture tells us we should display. Just some things that we should be like grateful and encouraging, generous and enthusiastic, confident. And the one I want to start with today in a message we're calling, I'm optimistic. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig into and dig deeper into uh, the most recent sermon in the most current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. Today, my very special guest is my friend Nancy Grusey. Say hi, Nancy. Hello. I'm so glad that you're here. I know that uh, a lot of people know you because you're super um, fun to be around. So I feel like a lot of people know you. But uh, for those of you that don't, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm super excited about today's topic too, but let's start off with who I am. I am a wife to Brian. We've been married for 15 years. We got married when we were 20. So technically you could do the math and figure out my age, but we have been married for 15 years and we have three kids, a 12 year old, seven year old and four year old. Um, I've been a Jesus person since high school and been at Life Church for a few years now. That's awesome. So, um, but and besides coming to Life Church, you're also on staff at Life Church. What do you do for us here at Life Church? Yes, I actually just started a few months ago post COVID quarantine. And I do video editing and some communications and marketing. And really that's, I mean, that's really all about how, I wouldn't say that the church is reinventing itself, but we're certainly in the process of trying to come up with uh, ways that we can stay connected, ways that we can be uh, a source of content uh, for our life church people. So I feel like your role has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I love it. It's been really fun. That's awesome. And so, and you said you met Jesus when you were in high school. So you, uh, you did you, was it like at a youth camp or at something like that? How did that happen? How did you guess? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> anything in high school, it's at summer camp, right? Um, yeah, I actually was a part of the youth group and did some worship leading and things like that. And yeah, it was at one of the summer camps when I really was like, okay, I'm going to go all in. Is that how you met your husband? Was he also at summer camp? Well, he wasn't at summer camp, but he was at youth group playing basketball. So yeah, that's where I met him. <laughs> Wait, Brian Grusey? Yes. Was playing basketball? Yeah, he loves playing basketball. I mean, back when he was I a teenager. <laughs> I mean, like I know that he loves basketball shoes. I guess I just never knew that he played basketball. True. He has taken his uh, love of shoes to the next level with flipping those for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Okay. So uh, let's jump right into it though. Uh, so like I said, what we'll do is uh, we just like, I think I, I grabbed like my, you know, four or five favorite things from Sean's message and then uh, pull those out and then we'll talk about it. So let me just play the first one for you guys right now. Just because we're Jesus people doesn't mean we bury our head in the sands and pretend that there aren't problems in the world. But at the same time, there are a lot of great things happening too. God's doing lots of really amazing things all over the world. This pandemic is presenting opportunities for people to make changes that they never would have made otherwise. And we don't want there to be a pandemic, but we do want our families to be closer. And we, we do want ourselves to be closer to Jesus. And we do want to serve our neighbors better. And so many people are doing that right now. There's lots of amazing things happening all over the world and whatever you focus on tends to get bigger. 
You know, when the pandemic started, uh, you know, we all thought that it was like a short term thing. Like, oh, my gosh, someone's going to figure this out. Like Merck or somebody's going to come up with a vaccine and we'll we'll know what we're doing. So like, I was all super into it. I'm like, we're going to hunker down and we're going to play family games and we're going to like all going to, you know, like lay down in bed together and watch Willy Wonka. And we're going to like and so and we did that for like two weeks thinking that, you know, we could sustain it. And then but then the longer, you know, that the pandemic pandemic started to stretch out, the more I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like family night tonight or eh, I don't feel like, you know, and I, I posted once, I think on the Facebook, maybe like in June or something again, thinking that we were nearly done. And I was like, in this pandemic, I've started two new businesses and I've started three podcasts and I've rah, 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 and I'm, I'm killing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like in the last three months of pandemic, I'm like, I'm lucky that I'm getting out of bed in the morning, you know? That's so true. I mean, in the beginning, it was like, we got this. And then it's it's definitely kind of started to take its toll, I think, like come June. I agree. So, but I, I love Sean's point here about taking advantage of the situation, like about, about trying to make the most that we can out of it. And so while those things for, for me were true anyway, you know, at the early part of the pandemic, I do know that, you know, like I, I took that opportunity to take Journey to Wholeness, which is a really great course that we offer at Life Church. And you can learn more about that by visiting j2wholeness.com. Uh, but, uh, but I, you know, tried to make myself better. I'm wondering, like, it, at your house, like between you and Brian and the kids, what steps have you maybe taken to try to be better or do better? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a very optimistic person. So I feel like kind of along with you, Scott, like in the beginning, it was, oh, we've we've got this, like we can handle, you know, a couple months or whatever this turns into. Um, And so, you know, initially we were very, very intentional about having school at home and refocusing and having some structure. Um, And I think one of the biggest things that I did during the quarantine was that I led our my first life group which was like a big stretch for me because not only was it, okay, I'm going to lead a life group this session. And I kind of had to go all in for that. But then all of a sudden it was all virtual. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm leading a life group for the first time and it's virtual. But the topic of that life group was get out of your head. And it was how to stop the spiral of toxic thinking. And so meeting complete strangers from the church virtually and learning and talking about um, how to control your thoughts and how to really sort through like not spiraling, but looking up, surrendering, um, trusting in God, like having that outlet during the quarantine was huge for me. And so that was one of our big intentions and one of the biggest things that we did. And then also just as a family, we've kind of taken some time to realize like it's okay to pause and it's okay for all five of us to go outside and play ball in, in the backyard, even though we have dishes and laundry and homework that has to get done. Yeah, I love that. I, so I, you're right about that opportunity. I also love that topic because, you know, when we're in, you know, in isolation, when we're in lockdown, when we're in quarantine, however you want to say it or whatever the extent is that you're affected by this, like one of the biggest things is like you're stuck with yourself. And so if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself or if you don't have a healthy relationship with your thought life, that can really be destructive. It can really be like, I mean, that can blow up in your face really easy. If all you've got is you and you don't really like you right now, or you don't really like you or where you're at, or you're frustrated with your circumstances, then 
and that can just, you know, you talk about a cycle or a spiral and that, boy, that can snowball so fast for so many of us. And, you know, it's, um, October is mental health month. Um, and so I, I didn't know that. I thought it was cancer awareness month. I'm confused by which month is which, but I just know, I know for sure. Right. And so I, I feel like I need to watch the NFL to see what I'm supposed to be observing this month because they'll wear something that tells me, but, um, but I, I love that idea because like I, I feel like for so long we've always like shut away mental health, mental illness, like sometimes literally like we're, I, I don't know how far off track I'm going here, but when um, I was a kid, we would go and visit my dad's sister, my aunt June, um, who was born developmentally disabled. And so, I mean, you know, that was in 1930 or 1940 something, whatever it was maybe, yeah, 1940 something, maybe. Anyway, so at that time, you know, they, they took her and they put her in some institution way on the other side of the state. You know, that's just what we did with, with mental illness. We didn't know really how to deal with it. And so we just kind of put them away into a closet. And up until recently, we've done the same thing with ourselves, especially in the American church. We're like, listen, we're not talking about depression because if you really had a faith in Jesus Christ, you would never be depressed and you'd have hope and joy because the Bible says so. I've got that joy, 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 joy <laughs> down, down in, in my, my heart. heart. Where? <laughs> so like we never thought that we could have mental illness. And so, you know, I love this idea that we have to talk about that because uh, a broken circuit in our minds is no different than a broken, broken, you know, set of something in our kidneys or our livers or in our lungs or in our knees or whatever. Like it, our bodies break down and, and our brain is part of our body and our brain is what, you know, sets up our emotional state. And so this idea of talking about, you know, the toxicity of negative self-image and negative, you know, self-time, that's really an important thing. Yeah, I think, and for that group, it was really talking about feelings of shame and what that emotion causes you to believe about yourself and how you can. So, so let's just say like by default, you're going to spiral downward. Like you're going to feel that feeling and you're going to spiral into that feeling. And that's just our default. And so during COVID, during quarantine, whatever you want to call it, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Coronavirus, whatever. But during that, I feel like it would have been, and it was, and for some people, maybe it was just nature to, by default, to spiral that direction and to get further and further a away from God and b away from having to actually process some of that stuff. And I feel like that's where this specific life group for me was so helpful because it was like, you have to intentionally look at what that emotion is and, and spiral upward, you know, and turn your thoughts to Jesus and look that direction. And it was really cool to have that be the focus. And, you know, I mean, I think it's so cool. I mean, God's just awesome like that. I always say it's so crazy, but it's not crazy because it's God, right? So you look at different things that happen, like even this, I've always been an optimistic person. I've always been the glasses more than full. It's not half empty. It's not half full. It's more than full. And for this, uh, this date was scheduled a long time ago and for it to line up with something that I'm so confident in and something that I'm, I really try to portray. Um, I think that the timing is so cool with that, but I also have become way more aware of how easy it is during COVID and quarantine to just slip into the negative thinking and the negative thought processes. And I mean, ultimately have come to a place of knowing that 
I just need to surrender and trust God that he knows, he knows what's going on. Yeah. I love that. I like to call it Hakuna Corona. <laughs> like I feel like I need to make the most of the pen. Hakuna Corona. So, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, I, I, even if fixing or working on yourself is the one thing that you got accomplished during the the virus or during the pandemic, feel like you've accomplished something. Like if you just made yourself just a little bit better than before the virus started, before March 11th, if you like somehow got just a little bit better, a little bit more in touch with yourself or a little bit more in touch with your faith or a little bit more in touch with the people who are closest to you, then I feel like Corona, uh, Hakuna Corona was a success for you. Because I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic based on what God says. I'm not optimistic based on a theory. I'm optimistic based on a truth. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking at uh, LC Downtown. If you didn't know, uh, Life Church uh, Downtown meets uh, in person every week uh, at six o'clock uh, at Gather on Broadway. And so if you've been missing in-person contact and um, would like to do church uh, with other people, you're super duper welcome to join us on Sunday nights at Gather on Broadway. That's 139 North Broadway Street downtown Green Bay. We get together, we have dinner together, which is fantastic. Gather provides that for us. And then we watch Sean's message uh, from that week. And then we stay at our tables where we ate and we talk uh, about the message. And so it's this great kind of combination between church and pocket churches and a dinner date. And it's kind of like all the fun things in one. Anyway, so we were there and we were talking about this idea of hope because I kind of feel like there's two different ways to look at hope. There's like this, oh, I sure hope this happens. You know, like we're, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. And I'm going to la la la, I hope. But then there's this hope that we have in Jesus where it's like a known entity. Like hope isn't like it may or it may not. Like the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope that we have in who we are in Jesus, that's like a certainty. So it's almost like a, it's not like a hope. It's hope. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's a noun and a verb thing. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's as simple as that. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Sorry, I, I backed away. I was thinking. give me the verbal. Yeah, I know. I saw that. And I was thinking, I don't know what I have to say about hope. <laughs> anyway, so the point, the, the, so if you can't, if you don't know, Nancy and I are doing this not in person. <laughs> We're doing this in two separate locations and there's like a five second delay between what I say and what Nancy says. And so, um. Anyway, we're really uh, friendly people. It's probably not going to sound like that in the podcast. It's going to be super, super choppy. Oh, well. Anyway, so Sean says in his soundbite, if you remember, that he's optimistic, not because of the way that he feels, but because of what Jesus said. And so I feel like that's how I was kind of trying to tie that back to hope. Because, I mean, Jesus says that he's the way, the hope, the truth, and the life, and all those other things. And so I just wonder if, if we don't have hope because of the promises that Jesus made. Right. I mean, how, how can you not have hope? And I think that's part of what has been hard for me sometimes to see is as a, as you have said too, but as a Christian, when you do base it on those truths and when you look at the Bible for your answers, then it's there, it's there for you. And even, even just, I mean, some of the scriptures sound cliche, but cast all your cares or, I mean, I had him, I had him written down the other day, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. His mercies are new. Don't worry about tomorrow. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I mean, there, there's so much scripture that supports that we should have this hope. Sometimes it's not easy to feel that. And I think that that's, you know, what pastor said, I don't, I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. 
I'm optimistic based on what I read in the Bible, what his truth, you know what I mean? And so I feel like that's kind of your, your go-to if you do have these feelings of, of, like we said, like spiraling or having, I mean, we've all had days where they're not great, but then if you go back to the truth, like that's what, that should be what we're aligning with is that truth. Yeah. I know that some people who are skeptical of our faith are skeptical of, you know, Christianity in general will say, you know, well, you know, that the things that are said in the Bible are so innocuous or so non definitive that of course they apply to everybody. Like they're, you know, like a, like a horoscope reading. And so I know a lot of people feel that way about the promises, but, and that might be true on the surface, but it's not true for me because I know the hope. Like I've experienced the hope that I, that I get from Jesus, that I get from spend time in his word and spend time in prayer with him and spend time with, you know, people that love him and love me. And so like, I know them all to be true, even as innocuous or as undefined as they seem. Like, I, I just know that hope. And that's like my testimony. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I know for it to be true. Like, I, I don't know enough about, I don't know, archeology span or, you know, contextual science, or I don't know anything about any of that. I just know what evidence there is in my life and who he's been in my life to know that it's true. And so that's, you know, it's that kind of hope that he promised me. And as long as I can have that, like a mustard seed size worth of that hope or that faith, then he blesses that. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, faith the size of mustard seed. Um, there was something that you said that I was going to comment on, and now I don't remember what it was. Oh, I think the experience. I think that that's, that's really what it comes down to, too. And I know that that's one of the discussion questions, too, from this last week. Um, is like, is there a, a time that produced positive results or painful experience? Like what you said, part of the reason that you and I both have this hope is because we've experienced it. Because we've experienced a peace that passes understanding when we lose a child. Or we've experienced his peace when we change a job or things like that. And it's like that experience you can't take away from someone. And so once they've experienced that and you feel that hope and you do have that hope, then it it's... I mean, it's more real. I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Verse one and two say, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. I really could have ended the list right there because I've done a lot, been forgiven of a lot. But thanks to Jesus, I'm not getting what I deserve, which is punishment, banishment. Instead, I'm getting what I don't deserve. I get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. Are you kidding me? That is so dope. Could have ended it right there. Uh, last night we, I know it feels like I just keep giving uh, plugs to one thing after another, but last night we had Alpha um, uh, and appear at the exchange. You can always join us for Alpha. It's a really great course to learn more about your faith. Anyway, we were talking in there um, about what it takes to have faith or how can I have faith. And in that conversation, it was brought up like, I haven't, I haven't thought about heaven and hell like in the longest time, like 
I think since I've probably been at live church. So that's five or six years. Like I've not thought, oh, I better not do this or I better do that because I want to get to heaven and I want to stay out of hell. Like I haven't thought about like that, that part of the equation of my faith in the longest time because I know that it's assured to me. Like Jesus said it quite specifically, you know, that, you know, that I'm his and he is mine. That's actually from Game of Thrones, but that, that, um, you know, that, that, that I belong to him. And like Sean started off by saying, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and who love and serve him. So like, and I know that I'm doing that. Like, I know that I love Jesus and I know that I serve Jesus. And that's not to say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and who live a perfect life because he knows that we're never going to live a perfect life. I'm not going to live a perfect life. I feel like Nancy probably comes close (laughs) to living a perfect life. I don't know about that. She's so sweet. You guys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, but, uh, I feel like that, that that wasn't part of the equation for him. Like it wasn't like you've got to be perfect. And as long as you stay perfect, then you get to go to heaven. And that's what we're just, we're this whole time, it's just this big, long tryout session. Like he didn't, he doesn't want us to try out. We're not auditioning for him. He said, believe in me, confess your sins, repent, right? And then, and then I'm yours, you're mine. And then, so then now spend the rest of this time, not auditioning, but living out of love, loving your neighbor, loving your God, loving yourself and, and like serving others and making disciples and preaching the gospel. Like that's what he told me to do not to keep auditioning you know what I mean man that hits home for me too because I'm somebody like I want to prove myself I want to prove that I'm good enough for x or that I can do this position or that I can you know achieve this accomplishment or something and to realize that I don't have to carry that weight like it's done it's done. I don't, I, that's not on me. It's not. And granted, like, I understand what you're, what we're saying too, about, you know, love people and, and reach more people for Jesus. But at the same time, do you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know, making like, I'm sense. not trying to, I'm not trying to get a, pl- I'm not trying to get a place. Like I'm right. not, I need to get in first, second or third place. Like I, I've got the crown. The crown is assured to me. Like he's told me that, like, I'll get my crown. So like, I don't have to worry about how well I'm doing. I just need to know that, it, that, it, that I'm giving everything to it, that, it, that it, I wake up and I live my life in such a way that people will know who Jesus is by the way that I love them, by the way that I love others, by the way that I act, by my integrity, by my, like all these things. Exactly. And, and the more that I do it, the less work those things become, you know? And so like my crown is assured. And so I'm not working for a crown, right? I'm working so that other people can have that same experience for themselves so that they don't have to worry about working for a crown or auditioning or trying to get placed. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say. (laughs) You say it so much better. Because some of you are thinking, well, I know somebody who's against me right now. So yes, let's be clear. People will criticize you. People will cuss you out. They may not like you. They may take shots at you. But what this scripture is saying is if God is for us, what does it really matter? Because in the end, we win. Guys, people with a big trajectory always become a big target. So I've determined if I'm going to be a big target, I need to be a moving target. God's got such big plans for you. Having a big trajectory makes you a big target. I I like to reverse engineer that and think, goodness, if I'm feeling targeted, that must mean there's something way bigger that I don't even realize in the works. And I think that sometimes maybe that's what I need to believe to be able to be optimistic 
And that's what I choose to believe because when I look at, you know, we're talking journey to wholeness every once in a while. A lot of this is journey to wholeness too. But, you know, you look at your timeline of events and things that have happened in your life. I don't even want to say to you, but things that have happened in your life. And you can pinpoint some moments that are so huge and some of them that happen that you're like, why well, I don't. I don't quite understand why this is happening. It's going to make sense down the road. You know, there are things we lost a baby in 2011, so nine years ago in November. And at the time, I prayed for peace that passed understanding, and I got that in those moments. But that's not to say that the last nine years haven't been a process of asking God, what's going on? Why did this happen? How can I use it to reach more people for you? And I think that that's, that's where like hearing pastors say, you know, even to reverse it and say, big target, big trajectory. And that's where that brings me hope because I think there has to be a reason to go through the suffering or to go through the things in my life that have been such a struggle where I have turned to God for those answers that turn me to think there's such a bigger purpose in all of this. Yeah, I love that. My my predisposition is to be um is to not to be a quitter, but to be someone that's like, why can't I just catch a break? Why can't I why can't things ever go my way? Right? And so I I I mean I distinctly remember I mean, countless seasons of my life where I've said those words, right? As it applied to my work or Mm -hmm. as it applies to my relationships or as it applied to my business or my ministry now. And so, but like Sean had said, I've gone from this point of like looking at these difficulties as setbacks or as indications that I suck at something to instead mean I'm not sucking at it. In fact, I'm doing so well that the enemy for us Christians, we call that the enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the devil's like trying to like trip me up, trying to cause me to doubt myself and cause me to like want to quit. But you'd think he would know by now that like I'm stubborn when it comes to those things. Like I'm not, I'm not quitting because like I feel like I need to prove myself to somebody. And so like, (laughs) I'm just going to keep at it. Even if, even if things are going to suck, I'm still going to try. But I love the fact that it's, that I've come to the realization that I'm on this big trajectory and so I'm a big target. And that means I'm going to accomplish big things or I'm headed towards big things, or at least I'm trying to accomplish big things. And that's again, all we're called to do to try to accomplish big things in the name of God. And so Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter if I suck at it. It doesn't matter if I fail at it. All he wants me to do is keep heading at it, like keep charging at it, keep, you know, trying to accomplish it, but not again, not to get a crown or not to get a place, you know, but just to do the work. The work is the thing. The work is the thing. So verse 26 gives us hope. It says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. You don't have to carry this alone. God's plan always comes with God's protection, God's provision, and God's peace. When God gave you the promise, he also gave you the plan. And he already knew the plan was too big for you to do on your own. So he already planned for your peace. There's a special uh, sense of uh, like um, joy 
if you get like a new electronic for Christmas and the batteries come with it, or if like you look in the spare tire place of your car and it's a full size spare, not like one of those little donut spares. You're like, whoa, look at <laughs> this is high end, baby. I got a full size spare and all the batteries I need. And I feel like that's God's promise for us. Like it's not like I'm going to need you to do this, but you have to get your own batteries or I'm going to need you to do this, but it comes with a, like a small size spare. So if you're getting, you can only run for 50 miles on that. So you're screwed if you get a flat. And so God wasn't like that. He's like, I'm going to give you five full side spares. and I'm going to give you all the extra batteries that you need to get this job done because you don't have enough to do it. But like, here's, I'm going to fully equip you. I'm going to load you for bear. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you what you need to do it. And I love that because, you know, I talked about not being a quitter, but I'm not a quitter because like, I can only get myself so far, but time and time again, just like the things we talked about just before, God's always finished it for me. Like, it's not like I quit, but the parts that I can't fulfill, the parts that I don't have the talent or the skill set or the strength or the patience or the whatever to finish, God always finishes it, right? He always finishes it for me. And so I feel like I can do anything because me plus God is an army. And I feel like that's the promise that Sean's talking about here. I feel like there's so much reassurance, even just in hearing someone else tell me that. Like, I I don't know if maybe that's a me issue or not, but I love what Pastor said, too, about God's plan always comes with protection, provision, and peace. Like, even just to hear those words spoken over me from Pastor, I, I know that it's God's plan, but to be reminded that his plan comes with those things is so reassuring to me. I don't know if that's a me thing or if everybody feels that when they hear that, but to hear that God's plan comes with protection, provision, and peace, and that he already knows the plan, so he's already put everything in place that you're going to need. The people, the, I guess just people, really. <laughs> Yeah, people yeah. that you're going to need to to, you know, follow through on what his plan is for your life. Yeah, Sean, just around this soundbite, Sean also says that you know it's 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 kind of a a, a, um, a bad cliche when people said that God will not give us anything more than we can handle. When in fact everything is more than we can handle. Yes, like He's always given us stuff that we can't handle because He knows that we can't handle it. But He loves the fact that we rely on Him, mm-hmm. and the more that we rely on Him, the more we're able to do it. It's this really weird, upside down you know, like logic, but I mean, like he's the upside down God, like not the God of the upside down, which would be like a stranger things thing, <laughs> right. but like, he's like always turning things upside down. And so this idea that he's going to give us more than he, we can handle, because that means that we're going to rely on him means that we can now rely more fully on ourselves because we're strengthened by him, because we have those things we have those provisions from him. And he loves that about this relationship that we have with him. So Nancy, I've, I'm really glad that you were here for this episode. <laughs> Of true on that, um, Nancy. I just we're watching each other on Zoom this whole time, and so I would I would tell a joke or say something funny, but then it would take four seconds for Nancy to laugh, That's and so true. then I felt like my joke maybe wasn't so funny. Um, anyway, it was great to have you. Maybe we could do this again where we can be in person. That would be fun. And. Um, yeah, and then it would be more fun. But listen, if you enjoyed this episode of Chewing That, please do me a favor and uh, share it with a friend. You can uh, you know, just click uh, the share button on the bottom of however you're listening to this. We'd love it if you subscribed uh, to Chew On That on any one of your favorite podcast channels. Um, in fact, we've got a whole slew of uh, podcasts that we produce here at Life Church, including Chew On That. There's also the whole podcast, which is uh, a part of the journey to wholeness. 
effort. There's also uh, the weekly sermon series, the cheerful giving. Nope. Cheerful conversations. Cheery conversations. Cheery conversations. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, There's a bunch. There's a bunch. And so if you're looking for content uh, to listen to instead of news radio or talk show radio or, you know, something else like one of the other things we talked about this week was like keeping the right things in front of us and in our ears and uh, in front of our eyes. And so sometimes that's not always social media and sometimes that's not always, you know, you know, angry friends or angry radio or angry TV. And so if you're looking for some fresh content, you know, please try one of the podcasts one way or another. I'm super duper glad that you were here and listened uh, to this episode. We'll see you next time on Chew On That. Oh, 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 oh